to Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Have you been searching for that something within you? The one thing that is designed to bring abundance into your life? Are you not finding it yet? By partnering with God, you are sure to discover the key to living a happier and more fulfilling life. Now, here is Nikki Klegel. Hello, everyone. Yes, I am Nikki with Fulfill Your Legacy, and I'm so happy that you are here listening to Live in Life Within the Sweet Spot. I'm an author, a coach, and a speaker, and I'm also the founder of Fulfill Your Legacy, where I help people partner their life with God, define and get clarity into their God-given life purpose, and tap into the Trinity and all that offers so they can reach their goals higher than they ever dreamed possible. I lead them to a place where they're empowered by the work they do, the health they're in, and the relationships they have. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So let's get, go ahead and get going on this show. It's always broken down into three parts. The first part is where we review a chapter of my book. The second part is where we take on a guest that has some real wisdom and insight to offer us in helping us advance through that chapter's topic. And then last, we take call-ins, where a few of you guys have emailed questions into me, and we just tackle them, and we coach you one-on-one, and often the guest, and Jim is going to, stays on and gives us a little extra help. So, this week, we are doing Mistakes Matter. We're actually in the final week, so as you know, each section of my book is broken into four parts. So mistakes matter is this part. And the thing that I love about this is that you have the problem. And that's what we did a few weeks ago was the problem. Then next we talked about what the word says. And so we really followed what the word told us. And then we looked at what the gift is if we do what the word says. And now we're in the choice. This is where free will comes in. We have all these things. Every single person here does, but it's our decision if we want to step into it and if we want to use it. So let's go ahead and tap into this a little more. I'm going to highlight last week because it was 4th of July and we did a replay on 4th of July and you missed last week. So I'm going to highlight some of this. So let's quickly look at the idea of you know, what God offers us, what that gift is, and what our benefits are if we really tap into God to help us work through some of our setbacks. We've been hurt. We've been abused by other people. We've, um, we've got things knit into us from our parents and our parents' parents, but we don't have to let them hold us back. So how do we use God? Well, I challenged us to think of the word as a map. If you had to somehow navigate out into the world, even though you've been beaten down and had bad things happen to you, maybe things you did yourself or things that you've had put upon you, if you had, if you're afraid to move out and step out, if you had a map that really told you exactly where to go, you wouldn't be nearly as afraid, but you do have a map and it's the word. What if you had a guide, if you had to head out on a journey and you were fearful because you've been there before and it didn't work? What if you had a guide that would take you and protect you? You do, and it's God. What if you really just needed someone to tell you what to do and you would do it? You just don't know what to do. And if you had somebody telling you step-by-step, every step of the way, you'd do it, but you just don't know what to do, but you do. 
You have the advocate. You have the Holy Spirit who's going to whisper and breathe and nudge you in the right place. So that's really what this last section that we missed was about. And I'm going to read you a couple of verses because I want you to know that it's truth and it's not just me spouting off a bunch of things. That's what's happening in the world right now. That's what we do. We all give us our best advice as though it's gospel and it's just us thinking we know what's right. I want us to get to the word. So our map is the word. Listen, your word is the lamp to my feet, the light to my path. Psalm 119. All scripture is God breathed and is used for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training on righteousness. Okay. You want to light the way when you're in darkness and you don't know how to get out, get to the word. It'll light your way. If you don't feel like you know or that you're equipped to take on this next challenge, God can breathe teaching into you through the word. He can rebuke you. That sounds painful, but really, do you want to keep living life, making the same mistakes over and over? Or do you just want to get get taught? Do you just want to get um, pruned and move on and grow and advance? How about correcting and retraining? All these things are good. If you remain in me, my words, and you, whatever you wish will be done for you. Talk about hoping and dreaming. When you've lost hope and you can hardly hope anymore, you remain in God and that hope comes back. It's like a little seed that plants and it starts to give you hope again. It really does. The guide, the guide, okay, make known my path of life. The guide is good. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. This is true, Isaiah 41. We have a guide. Are we using him? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Okay, honestly, when we're getting ready to go out and try things or we've been burnt and we have to pick ourselves back up and go again, if we have this, the Lord is our shepherd, can you imagine? How about the shield? Can you imagine? We don't have to do it on our own. In fact, we're going to be, often we're going to repeat when we try to do it on our own because why are we making the same mistakes? Because we're just doing what we know. We have to, we have to add something to this so we can do even more. And then direction and advocate the Holy Spirit, which I love. I'm going to go ahead and read some of these verses, but They are, let me get to them. I don't want to misquote them. You will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witness telling people about me everywhere. I like this because it challenges us to do what Jim does. So our speaker coming on, it's not just about tapping in and getting all this good stuff for ourselves, right? God's going to shower us with everything. We get this Holy Spirit that's going to nudge and lead us. We get the word that's going to teach us. We get the strength and power and protection from God. We get all that. And do we want to keep it to ourselves or do we want to go help other people with it? That's our challenge. Okay, so next, we're going to get into our lesson now. So this is the consider the choice, right? So everyone is in this place where God, where we have these setbacks that come up and down, but God does not want you to stay there. He wants you whole. He will do everything he can to heal you and restore you because he wants you whole. And it's not just for us. He does this for him too. We're his shepherds. 
We are out here trying to reach each other and build each other up and bring people to God and pull them away from the lies and from destruction. And we, we need to help get people to him. And so he does want us, and we need to remember that. God does not want us held back by fear, doubt, shame, mistakes of the past that we did, or mistakes of the past that maybe our forefathers did, and they're knit into us. Mm, Right? But it's true. And he doesn't want us here. So then how do we do this? So this chapter of this book broke it down into two ways. I think that fear is a lot of it. What I think that we forget to remember is that there's fear of God and there's fear of little G God. And so what does that look like and how can that change our life? Well, fear of little G God, Satan, whatever you want to say. My kids, when they were little, they were watching um, um, Harry Potter And they would say that about Satan. They'd be like, the name we do not say. But the the fear of that is darkness. And every time you hear yourself say something pretty much opposite of Philippians 4.8, you can pretty much know it's not of God. So think of it almost opposite of whatever is true and right and noble and praiseworthy and excellent. Those things are from God. If you're thinking on things that give you fear and doubt and shame, those are not of God, and we've got to reprogram our mind and get us off of that. So when, you, when we fear evil or darkness, I want you to think about recognizing first, recognizing the difference. So there's this chain reaction, and there's a wasting of time that happens during darkness and during Satan's work. He loves to distract us from doing God's work and from feeling love and whole because we can't do God's work then. So these are the things. It's like a chain reaction. Basically, we have a sin or maybe it's built into us, which which has happened. It's reality. We've had our parenting and, and they had their parenting and all this stuff. But that layers then because then we're weak. So then we make a new mistake And then we feel guilty about that. And then pretty soon that affects the way we respond to other people who could even be offering us greatness. And we now are not worthy for it. So we don't accept it. And it snowballs and it grows and it grows. And that is the work of little G. But he also wants to waste our time. He knows that there's only so many days that we have on this earth. There are only so many days And he wants to waste our time so we can't do the good work of God. So when you see yourself being idle, when you see yourself filling your time with things that aren't productive and producing, beware. So the next thing is fear of God. So let's think about that a little bit. What does that mean? I remember being young in my faith. Okay, so let's face it. I was probably still in my 30s. But the thing is that fear of God is awe. When you fear darkness, it includes all the things that we know darkness to be. Guilt, shame, all these things. When you fear God, it's awe. It's scary because do you want to know what God's going to make you do? He's going to make you be in uncomfortable places for you to grow and for you to impact the world and for you to reach his people and for you to be blessed and for you to get to heaven and bring other people with you. He's going to push you um, in ways that you can't right now even dream about. 
that verse in the beginning, big dreams bigger than you even are aware of. So that's a scary thing. I, I don't like that, but, le- but let's look at this. You have to go with it anyway and then reap the blessings in my book. The last section of my book is about abundance, right? And so what do we do with that abundance? It's like the story of the talents. You get a little bit, use it wisely, let it grow, do some more, use it wisely, let it grow. Pretty soon you do have a lot of abundance that's coming your way and you have to continue to use it to bless others, including yourself. You are worthy enough to enjoy these blessings, okay? So, sorry, I got sidetracked a little bit. The truth is then, as Christians, I suggest that we um, don't fear the power that God may have against us. That's sort of where we're at sometimes, where we think that we fear God and we think that it's a fear of the power he has against us, that he's going to hold upon us. The truth is we want to fear the power that God has for you. Because he's waiting to protect you. He's waiting to raise you up from your darkness. He's waiting to give you new platforms to do more for him. So then I want you to think about this one Bible verse. I absolutely love it. So I'm going to break it down into pieces. It talks about expanding your tent. So enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out the curtains of your dwelling, spare not, lengthen the cords and strengthen your pegs, lengthen the cords. So what does that mean? Honestly, if you lengthen the cords, your tent can grow and expand. You can let more people in. You can let more God in, right? This is what you want. This will make a huge difference when you're feeling trapped, pressed in and pushed down by little G. Trust, expand the cords, trust, and let all that goodness come in. The next one is give God more than you have. Um, Hold him closer. So when we talk about, you know, tightening the pegs and things, tighten, get closer to God. Open the curtains. Open the curtains. Let the light in, right? Let people see you. That's the good and the bad. Do you know you know what how much harm there is in letting people think you're perfect? Honestly, open the curtains, let people see you, let them watch you grow so they have confidence to then say, you know what, I can do this too. And so that they see how you grew and they can copy it and they can see that she doesn't let things hold her back. He doesn't stop when he's under resistance. That's what we need to do. So, and then tighten your pegs, firmly plant, get deeply rooted in the armor of God. I mean, the armor of God, we know this, the the belt, the belt is our truth, right? That's why we're not listening to the world anymore. We're listening to what God and the word, not the world says. What about the breastplate? That's the breastplate of righteousness. Well, we don't have to be stuck by our screw-ups, right? We have Jesus Christ, praise Jesus. We don't have to be stuck by those things. We get Jesus to make us free and we can move on from them. They don't, they don't care. Jesus died because he cares. That's why we don't have to be hanging on to that crap anymore. I don't know if I should say crap on the TV show. Sorry. So then the next thing is boots. So then feet of readiness. I love this. Like, I swear, I try to have my feet ready. People that watch me are probably like, does that lady ever sit still? But I mean, feet of readiness. Honestly, when you start tapping into the Trinity, you start getting energy. 
You don't have space in your brain, heart, mind, and soul anymore for that stuff that's crowding you down and making you slow and tired. You're energized and you're going and you're going for God, not you. What's next? Oh, the shield. The shield. It's faith. Shield of faith that extinguishes the fire from little G. Honestly, it extinguishes the fire. So when you think that you are burning and falling apart and being destroyed, you have a shield that you can use that's going to keep that away from you. And then last, the helmet. I want to talk about the helmet a little bit, the helmet of salvation. We tapped into this a little already. And don't forget the sword of the spirit, spirit of the word that can teach and direct us. So we, I don't know where this time goes, you guys, but we are already down to less than a minute. I want you to stay tuned because when we come back, we have Jim Akers here who's going to teach us a lot about positive thinking and about encouraging each other up out of darkness and hard places. And I cannot wait to have you back on Living Within the Sweet Spot. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Women's Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. 
Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki Klegel, and I am so happy that you are back with us on Living Within the Sweet Spot. So I am bringing in guest Jim Akers. I'm super excited about this. I'm going to read a little bit of his bio, and then I'll let him go ahead and take the, the mic here. But he is an author of Tape Breakers, Maximize Your Impact with People You Love, teams you lead, and causes that stir your heart. It's a number one release on Amazon. And he also authored How to Win the Achievement Game of a Self-Publishing Guide to Building a Successful Life Plan. He's also the founder and creator of Impactful Notes. And we deliver him powerful resources for daily encouragement, inspirations, and motivations. He's also the founder and CEO of J.D. Acres and Associates, a leadership and personal development company. Um, They help ambitious people focus their time, talent, and resources on maximizing their personal and professional impact. If you're passionate about these things, I want you to know more about him. And I'm going to have someone right now um, put his website um, down below inside the comments. So go ahead and look him up. Jim, nice having you. Oh, I don't hear you. I've got to figure out what's going on here. Okay. Pull those mic, pull the mic. You're on mute. You're good. There we are. Good morning. It sounds wonderful. Yes, good morning. We're connecting Iowa with Southern California this morning. Yes, we are. It's so great to have you. Tell them a little bit about yourself. I did your bio, but what, what is your passion behind what you do and maybe how it relates to this? Well, we probably could say the passion is my grandmother thought I should be a Lutheran pastor, so now I'm probably living that out, but really to share the love of Christ through helping people recognize the purpose that is in us and what God wants to do through us and how he wants us to touch the world. And I do that through speaking, authoring, coaching, following a 25-year position in senior corporate leadership. So out there doing what I probably was called to do 25 years ago. Yeah. Isn't that funny how we do that? I'm about the same way. I was a director of nursing for 20 some years and then now stepped into this. But um, I think that's good because people listening need to know no matter what their age, start young, but no matter what your age, man, things can change. You have a personal story. You don't have to share it if you want. You can, but I read it on your about page and I thought it was very fitting because you had a place in your life that could have held you back. And yeah. Do you, are you good with that? I'm really putting you on the spot. Oh, what sure. can you say well, that? you know, you said this whole deal is about mistakes. I want to know where I start. I've got a whole list of them here. But Truth. You know, I, I think probably, Nikki, one of the biggest ones was is that I, went to, I grew up in a high school, went to high school that really probably wasn't all that uh, great in the sense of most of the kids were challenged, came from challenging families. I had great parents, but I had a teacher that wanted me to go to Harvard, and I thought I was going to do that. And I went all the way through the application process, but at five foot seven, I thought my career was in basketball, which I think most of you kind of figured out already that probably wouldn't be true. And so I pursued that instead. And in pursuing that, I didn't go to Harvard. And I thought for a long time that was a huge mistake. But the blessing out of that came is that I didn't finish out. I started at Pacific Lutheran University. I transferred to Washington State. And the beauty out of that is I met my wife for the very first class I attended at Washington State. We've been married for 36 years. So awesome. uh, God had something else in store for me. 
Yeah, I really love that. It's so true. I mean, you could have gotten stuck in just sort of feeling like your dreams didn't happen and not see all these other things coming your way. The next thing is, though, I want you to touch on this whole section, although it's on mistakes matter, is really focusing on free will and how we just have this place where we kind of get to decide, do we live in those mistakes or do we take you know, challenges or whatever, and do we go for it? So where, what's your thinking on this? Oh, that's a wonderful question. I think one of the most powerful things to recognize is that God wastes nothing. Sometimes we feel we're in a dead-end assignment. Sometimes we feel we're in the wrong job or in a wrong relationship. We're made a bunch of mistakes, and Lord knows we've all made those, but he wastes nothing. He is weaving that all together to build a perfect masterpiece, which is you. The question whether our hearts are open to hear his voice, accept that guidance, and know that all those things are going to be used for good. He says that. I'm going to use all these things for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And mm-hmm. that's where I think that uh, you look at uh, times in your life, things that are difficult, and you think God's distant. He's right in the middle of it. You know, he tests before he promotes. And I don't like the tests, but I can see his hand work, and it always is at work. Yeah, I feel like I want to use that sentence again. I mean, we, it's probably Romans 12, 2 or something, but test before he promotes. That's really cool. I like that. And yeah, we just, we have to step into that. We're not going to grow if we're not stepping out and doing these things. We can't advance. So I, I love that. Um, You have a particular position that you have really in your company, your second, I don't know if it's your second company or just add-on company, but of doing what you can for others' growth. Not So we have this kind of two thing where you want to grow yourself and tap into all you can, but you really like to help leaders grow other people and you yourself. Tell us a little bit about that and this encouraging notes and things. Uh, well, you know, I had a great mentor years ago that constantly reminded me that coaches take people to places they couldn't go on their own. And the heart of leadership, the heart of coaching is servanthood, serve first. And so, you know, you look at the opportunity um, Researchers think, Nikki, interestingly enough, that we'll have 80 to 100,000 unique encounters with an individual during the course of our lifetime. Break that down. That's two to three a day. Might be somebody that you meet, you know, at a coffee shop with a smile or whatever, but 80 to 100,000 unique opportunities. Imagine that. And I think about that constantly, that those are not by chance. Nothing's coincidences in God's economy. He's weaving us together. And you ask, ask yourself, what would he want me to do in this moment? How can I serve this person? And I also believe firmly, Nikki, that I talk about compassion a lot. There's two things that I know are happening in everybody's life every day. There's something that is bothering them that you don't see, and potentially it's something that is life devastating. Mm -hmm. You don't know who that is. So when we meet somebody I'm always looking at through that, that eye, God, what do you want me to do with this individual? I try to teach and help others do the same, that their interactions are important. Yeah, I think if we really do have that, we're so mindful of the fact that if we, it takes away judgment to know somebody's story. When we, even when we see people behaving, what we might think is rotten or down in the dumps or whatever, as soon as we just stop to get to know them and know their story, it makes sense. I'm always, I'm always fascinated by that because I feel like 
oh, I've had it pretty easy. Like I've had people in front of me that have raised me up fast or I've had not a lot of family stuff or whatever. And, and I need to hear stories so I get it. And yeah, I love that you said that. Okay, so I always like to give people an opportunity to impress one thing. So you're, you need to realize you're talking to thousands of people. Okay. Okay. So, so what, I mean, honestly, if there's some message, I mean, you've spoken on some of them already, but if there's one thing, a challenge, a message that you really want people to know, what would it be? Um, I think the thing is, is that, let me give you two things. First, the confusing chapters of life don't mm-hmm. make sense when they're, we're in the middle of them. Good. So if we approach it with perspective, God, I'm not sure what you're up to, but I know you're up to something here, let me keep my eyes on you. That's one. Mm-hmm. And I say for a second, you were talking about positive thinking, et cetera. Second Corinthians 10 talks about taking every thought captive. Yeah. We are not in a physical battle. We are in a mental battle. You called it the small G God. Mm-hmm. He wants to take us off track. He wants us to drift. And it's recognition I've found is so important. Recognizing when my thoughts are drifting and bringing them back. Mm-hmm. to God, allowing the Holy Spirit to work through me. And it's easy to drift. Drifting's easy, right? It's like getting in an inner tube and floating down a river. And that's what our thoughts will do. It just kind of builds one upon the other. And it's recognizing it. And once we capture it, taking that thought captive and getting us back on track. So I'm, I'm huge on thinking. Thinking is everything. So I grew up in a very, um, well, I grew up to 12 in a bigger town was not a part of any sports. My family wasn't. I mean, like, honestly, I don't think they even went for walks. So then we moved to Terrell, which is a very small town, size of 200. And so K through 12 in high school, I mean, the whole school, K through 12 is hardly any people, eight girls, eight boys in my whole class. So if we wanted a basketball team, everyone played. If we wanted a play, everyone was in the play, you know, so it was very good for me to be exposed. But you can imagine at age 12, 13, I'm trying to do a layup. I've hardly held a basketball, right? But I want people to know the power of what Jim just said, like taking that thought captive and either remaining free will. We now recognize we've got that negative, bad thought. Do we remain in it? Or do we change it and how hard it is? If that's been something that's been programmed into you for years, those negative thoughts, how hard it is to change those. Well, I remember it's just the mind is made up of muscle and the mind is made up of cells and it has memory and it just goes a certain way. And the channels and the impulses that your brain takes, they go a certain way. This is science. It's been done under CAT scans. They know this, but When you take that ball and you try to go do a layup, you can hardly dribble. You surely are probably going to miss the the back of the board. And every time you do it over and over again, I think I practice. I remember as a child, there's nothing to do in Terrell anyway. There's two two hoops. Might as well play basketball. I remember doing this for probably two weeks. I probably did a million layups for two weeks and I could rock them. So, you know, that's the thing is we have to get practiced at recognizing 
when we're in those bad places and then quickly have something to replace it with. And I'm challenging you to replace it with God. I don't care if it's a scripture. I don't care if it's praise music. I don't care if it's positive people feeding you with goodness. Recognize and replace. Recognize and replace. Recognize and replace. All right. Go ahead. We have time. I was going to say, well, one of the things, the science on this is is fascinating. So Duke Research, Princeton University Research. We have 80 to 100,000 thoughts a day. 95 to 98% of them are the same thoughts we had yesterday. And 80% of them are negative. So the point yeah. is, is programming is it's in there, everything that we've experienced. So uh, serving ourselves up a good dosage of, of God's goodness and his word and surrounding ourselves with people is so, so valuable and important. Yeah, yeah. Neuroplasticity, you can kind of go look it up. A lot of that is really good stuff. I just always want to challenge people to not get stuck in self. It's really easy when you start recognizing that you have the power to actually change some of this, that it's really key written on my heart. I literally did a a month challenge every day. I took a chapter of this neuroplasticity book and, and did it live for my people that follow me. And the whole time, like I, maybe six or eight times, I felt the Holy Spirit saying, guard them, guard them, because we do, we, we can easily get into that trap of thinking that we are so powerful. We are, we are, we can do this and we can reprogram, but don't do it alone because I want you to have your power plus all the gods on top of it. So, so I challenge you to include God in that reprogramming. Um, so we, we still have a little bit of time. And I know that we're going to be getting into some questions of people who have been hurt. Do you happen to have a story of anyone that you know of? You don't have to share their name. In fact, don't, maybe, unless they want you to, of somebody or a work environment, um, some place in your work where you saw someone really transform their life with good thinking. Put you on the spot because this wasn't in your questions I sent you. Well, you know, probably the greatest thing changed my life, changed a bunch of people's life is that, to make the story simple, call my brother-in-law died of throat cancer, mm-hmm. had three kids under the age of 10 at that time. And the thing that changed everything, it's tragedy in, in right in front of you, changed my life because I changed my career path. But John, before he passed away, said, hey, Jim, will you look after Kathleen and the kids? Well, that's a huge responsibility. But if I look at those kids now, the youngest is a sophomore in college, um, going into family and marriage counseling and the things they've done and the transformation that's happened, that's all God at work. Because I would tell you they were distant. God is a uh, grew up Catholics, uh, was distant from God. God's this you know, far away thing. And now I look at, especially Catherine, the youngest on fire and God's transformed her and has done a magnificent work in her with all this hardship. Her father passed away when she was five, but to look at where she is today is just a, a gift and God's done a marvelous work. Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. And it's really interesting to me how, those kids probably were in the worst place a child could be in mm-hmm. and still coming out on the other side now, let you say her story includes extreme greatness. Mm-hmm. And surely, surely that was a place that 
man, um, holds many of us back. All right. So tell us a little bit about your book and your company. So you can share <laughs> uh, both books if you want, but I want people to know how they can get more of you. Sure. Well, the Tape Breakers has been out for about a year now, a little over a year, and it basically takes you through a journey. It starts the first chapter. If somebody goes to my website, we can send you the first chapter, but tells a story really about where I understood the importance of impact, and it was the passing of my father and preparing to speak at his funeral, digging into what his history was. Uh, I had no idea how much heartbreak and and, and devastation that he had experienced largely before he was even 21 years old. And then all of a sudden, I it, my light came on because I thought as a father, he should have done a bunch of different things. And my idea of success and his were two different things. And then it struck me. He was doing exactly fulfilling the roles that were so important and serving his family and how far he came was truly amazing. So, and I take people through that journey, start there and say, how do you get to a point where making the really important decisions where you get the best out of yourself, the best that God wants to pour into you, fulfill that purpose and uh, go from there. So that's that. And then the company piece of this, Nikki, has really moved towards uh, the tagline would be uh, clarity to win, uh, helping people clarify and win at the things that matter most to them. And ultimately, in my world, there's only one thing that can be in the center, and hopefully that leads people to recognize the gift of God's grace in Jesus Christ, because if that's in the center, that works. So I do that both in one-to-one coaching and a program that we have a leadership experience that focuses on 15 to 20 high-end leaders gathered for a two- to three-day three experience, and that's what I do. Yeah, I really love the work you do. I I remember, you know, I was pretty new into Author Academy Elite when we published. Mm-hmm. And so y- you got up there and were was sharing like how many books you sold at like your first event. I can't even remember, but it was a crazy amount and I thought, "Well, I ever get there (laughs) but can you share with us a little like what was that was that some big event you had for your book or you at something else well it was a number of speaking engagements one benefit of having a 25-year corporate career in senior leadership is I knew a lot of people yeah and obviously I had a decent impact on a lot of those people so I had a tremendous amount of support coming out of the coming out of the gate and uh, that's God's work, not mine. God be the glory for all of that. I didn't sell any of them. I still yeah. kind of marvel when something happens that's wonderful that uh, God's hands at work at that. But that's that's why we write. That's why you do what you do is that we're called to serve. We're called to be the hands and feet of Christ in the world. And how do we do that? I mean, that's that's the essence of it. Yours and mine happen to be writing and speaking. Whatever anybody else's is, it's going to be unique to them. You got to find that piece and say, how do I serve and where do you want me to serve? Yeah, yeah. We are down to less than a minute again. I want you guys to, we did attach his website, Jim's website. Go ahead and check all that out. Uh, Go ahead and head to mine. Please follow both of us. There are links on our social media platforms. We would love to see you there and reach out. We will both work with you. We love to fill people up. So go ahead and head over there. We will come back for the question answer time. We want to see you there. Don't leave us. We'll see you soon at Living Life Within the Sweet Spot.
your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks. Gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Do you desire to have the happiest, healthiest, most abundant life possible? Free from emotional hurt and pain and full of physical, spiritual, and emotional health and healing? Listen for Surviving to Thriving. Denitra Gary, your clinical social worker, takes you on a journey of knowing who you are from God's perspective as she gains insights from counselors, speakers, and educators to give you knowledge into who God created you to be. Tune in Wednesdays at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. I am so glad you are back with Jim and I on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. All right. We, are, we have been talking about mistakes and how they do matter, and they matter for part of our growth. And we really want you tapping into all God offers so that you can be almost raised up from these places and get to new places in life where you can love and serve and make a difference in the world. So let's go ahead and take these two questions, these two emails that I got that I think are just perfect. So Trisha, thank you for calling in or emailing in. Um, She goes and says, I had a horrible upbringing. We don't know what that really means, but she had a horrible upbringing. And I know that was my past but I let it define me often. I try not to, but especially when I am being treated poorly, it takes me back. I recently was pushed out of my workplace. I couldn't even defend myself because of all of my past feelings. They kept creeping in. I ended up letting someone else totally sabotage me and was left running for cover. So uh, my heart just went out to this person. I hear this story over and over again. So there's a couple things that I'm going to talk about. I'm going to try to make it quick because I know you'll have some great insight too. Um, but but I want you to think about kind of this lesson that we talked about a little. So um, 
taking words out of your write-up, which I'm going to compliment you for being so transparent. And it seems like even for you to articulate these things in um, your email, you're ahead of the game a little bit. So there's there are individuals that are sort of just living this sort of um, victim place. And you definitely are aware of, you know, Jim and I both said you need to recognize and you definitely have that. You're recognizing that your past is what's kind of holding you back in all this. So let's look at this awareness. So you said my past. And I want you to really think about this. Um, God is a God of the future. So I want you to step into God and 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 all that's ahead of you. He talks about, he knows exactly what your future is all about. And he has a blessed future waiting for you. And I want you to rest on that and believe in that. The next thing that you said, it really jumped out on me at me was you let it define you. Okay. I want to challenge you to know that you are defined, but you're defined by God. You are an image of God. And don't define yourself by what this world tells you. And I know easier said than done, right? Um, Tricia, it's kind of like, well, okay, thanks, Nikki, but how? Well, that's probably some coaching and things like that. But I want you to know it and let it sit right in your soul that you were made beautifully and you were created wonderfully by the master of all master. I mean, the craftsman of all craftsmen made you. You are perfect the way you are. So if you want to define yourself, define yourself as God's child, God's the image of God. Okay, the next one was, um, you said, you know, you're being treated poorly. I really like that you said that, but um, that's something someone else did to you. That has nothing to do with you. And when we can recognize that someone else is the, sometimes we take it on as us. We almost think that we're not good enough. We almost try, take the way someone else treats us. And then somehow we own it as our worthiness. That has nothing to do with it. How people treat you good or bad has to do with them and what they want to do with you. And it's their decision what they want to do with you. But it doesn't make who you are. You get to do that and you can call on God for that clarity and all that stuff. And then you also talked about, and also God doesn't treat people poorly. Little G does. So it is not God. If somebody's treating you poorly, it's not an act of God. Okay. So then also you couldn't defend yourself. And I want to say, you know, I get that. That's why you need that armor because there's nothing wrong with you that you can't defend yourself. I mean, that's some power. Little G has some power. We just don't want to give it to him because we have somebody who's more powerful. We have somebody that little G can't hold up at all. But are we going to live in that and believe that? Then we're going to give Satan power. We want to live in God and let that power become us. So we want to put on the armor so that we can then accomplish these things, overcome great adversity. That's what I just want to leave you with. So, Jim, what you thinking on this? Well, one, again, the authentic nature of, of being transparent is, is marvelous. That's a huge start. Uh, I think about I see this a lot when I do men's retreats. A lot of men with a lot of hurts and, and those types of things. First, Colossians 1.17 says he is before all things and in him all things are held together. 
So it tells us that God is present in this mix and holding things together. You're part of this. And my recommendation or encouragement to you is surround yourself with somebody that's going to pour into you and love you, but also point out to you the things that you need to change. We need people to tell us when we're out of bounds and when we're doing things, our behaviors and actions are not supporting those outcomes. And the last thing I would say is I love the end of Romans 12 because it talks about let God take control of those others for what they did. Honor him by loving them, regardless of how they treat us. And that's the transformation of Christ's love within us, that Christ did it. Look at, look at what happened in, in the path to the cross. He never did anything but take that. And God says, it'll be my revenge. Yeah. So let me take that. And I think that's a way to get rid of it, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up in this whole thing. And I believe in my whole chapter. Like, I want to go add an addendum. (laughs) I never once talked about that. And there's so that derails us and gets us off course because we want to start clarifying who's wrong. And we want to start going down that rabbit trail of what they did and they deserve back and I need to treat them this way and Oh, that's just that's just going to get us off course from greatness that is waiting to happen and growth. Mm, that's good. All right, let's go ahead and move to the next one. And Trisha, um, my prayers are going to go to you. I'll, I'll reach out by email so that you can um, connect up with me. Okay, the next thing then is Sherry. And so Sherry's is short, but I think it's a really good topic that we can all get into. So it says, um, my husband is a perfectionist. So is my mother. I know that I don't want this for my kids. But I don't know how to handle it because she feels her husband kind of doing what her mom did to her, kind of making her live under this, like, I need to be perfect. And now she's seeing her husband sort of do it to her kids, and she's trying so hard to prevent that. What can you do in that place? I mean, yeah, I'm going to suggest, of course, you talk to your husband about it, but I'm sure you have. Um, We have to remember there's programming. There's programming that he has um, built in him, and he probably knows no different. It's going to take some time. There's one thing that I know we forget to do sometimes, and that is to pray. So I would pray for your husband to get some clarity and some insight and God to tap into him and do all that. But then the other thing is, um, what can you physically do for your daughter to to help her? So Jim's nodding. I'm going to let him take the reins here on this one first, and I'll jump back in. All right. Go ahead. You, you know, I, I wrote about this a little bit in my book, too. We're, we're heaping on kids this idea that they've got to be perfect, that they've got to get straight A's, they've got to get into the right college. Um, And the biggest thing that we need to impress upon them is to put effort into whatever they're doing and allow them room to grow and make mistakes. It's wrong scoreboard. Uh, They're going to cover up some of the great gifts God's given them if we don't allow them to go out and scrape their knees and fall and get up and try again. I think the biggest gift we give kids is to measure themselves on their best effort. Is this the best that you can do? And we all know this. The crazy thing is, is that the only person that knows is when we look ourselves in the mirror, whether we did our best. And if they did their best, celebrate their best. Push them if they didn't, but celebrate their best effort and push them into things that you know they're going to fail. Teach them how to fail now because life is not that kind. We know that. You get out in the workplace, you get into college. It's not going to be that kind. 
we want to think that it is going to be, but that's not my experience. It wasn't my experience leading a corporate organization. It's not my experience when I coach folks, teach them effort, teach them how to fail and be there to pick them up, wipe them off, dust them off and help them re-engage in the game. Yeah, I think that's really, really good. So Sherry, I'm thinking of this, you know, how do you make this work while they're sort of getting this kind of other, um, I don't know, um, impression from the other parent and you want to sort of honor that. I'm wondering if it's similar to what we were talking about earlier where we said, know someone's story. And that sometimes we see things that are really off and we think, oh, but once we understand where they're coming from, and I wonder if you could visit with your children about dad's story and why dad is the way he is and sort of teach them how to embrace it, but yet to also understand what Jim was saying, because I think that's perfect. We want people feeling, doesn't that sound crazy? But we want people to grow. And if we're not trying new things, which you're most likely not going to be perfect at in the beginning, then you're going to fail. And you that's that's what we want. We want growth and continued um, raising up. All right. So I, I want to open this up for another time where we can talk a bit about stories and share, help people learn through other examples. So if we think, I'm going to use one of mine. There's only four minutes left. I'm going to use one of mine. If we have time, we'll go to another one of yours. But, um, you know, I had dyslexia. I have it. Um, Many people who follow my blog probably know this. There's many errors in there. I can labor over that blog for hours and think it's perfect and then send it out. And And then the next time I read it, I still see stuff. But if I would live in that place um, and let those thoughts of like seeing the mistake on there and being like, oh, I really shouldn't write. Much of, my, uh, much of my gift of connecting with people and teaching, I can articulate it really well, but the writing isn't there. So do I let that hold me back and stop? No way, man. Um, but I also might get an editor right? (laughs) And have an editor look through everything after it. But what I'm wanting you to think on is something, you listeners out there, something that right now is holding you back. I've heard many people say, well, I'm just not good at math. And they stop doing something because they say this. Or, you know, I'm not good at school. You know, so they don't want to go and and learn. Or I'm not good. There's this place of owning who you are. And yeah, you do have different gifts and talents. But don't claim to be your weak place. Don't, don't own that as who you are. Um, it's maybe a hurdle. It's maybe part of your journey and your growth. But I don't want that to hold you back from becoming what God's calling you to do. I would not have written my book if I lived in the place of I have dyslexia and who am I to write a book? So do you have places in your life that you can share and be vulnerable with that people can be like, okay, I get that. And I'm not going to do that anymore. Oh, I'm going to piggyback that, Nikki. Uh, I didn't pay attention in grammar in third, fourth, fifth grade. And I had my oldest son, who's a lawyer, very good with language, proofing some stuff for me. And he came upstairs. I was sitting in my retreat. and He says, hey, dad, do you know what a comma's for? And I said, yeah, it slows down really smart people. He paused, laughed for a second. He says, did you ever think it kept really smart people from thinking you're not? But it didn't. I just, I just write. 
and I'm terrible yeah. at grammar. I'm terrible at spelling. My wife now says when somebody reads them, did you notice those grammar mistakes? She goes, yeah, that had to be Jim's then. You know it's authentic because there's a few mistakes in it. So Yeah, uh, we share yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just right. And, Do it. And it's funny because that is the way that both of us, literally both of us ha- are launching these ministries of sorts that we have. Both of us, how we are connecting with people through our writing, which again, the concept, the message is good. Mm-hmm. But it could have held us back by our skill level. Um, so now what I, what I want you to do, and we're only down to a minute or two, but I really want to challenge everyone listening to write down, make a list, get a list, and write down two things. One is your dream. There's got to be something that you wish you could overcome. Or if you don't have a setback that you need to overcome, it might be a hope for the future. Write it down. And then below it, write down what's getting in your way. Has it been negative thoughts? And clarify them and name them. Are they negative thoughts you're putting on yourself that somebody else put upon you? And then name the fact that those don't come from God. Because remember what's true and right and noble and praiseworthy and excellent. These are the things. Okay? So recognize that those are not from God. And then start getting yourself filled back up with goodness. Get the praise music on. Get the positive reinforcement affirmations down and around you. Sign up for Jim's encouraging notes or what is that, Jim? Impactful impactful notes. Impactful notes. On his website, there's a um, sign up there and they come to you every day or every week or something. So do that. These are the things that I need you to do. Get to the word. Get to church, get some friends around you and fill up. We are done with this week's episode of Living Within the Sweet Spot. I am so happy you are here with us today. Remember, faith-infused living reaches goals higher. Thank you for tuning into Living Within the Sweet Spot. Please join your host, Nikki Klegel, next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, invite abundance into your life and live a happier, fuller, and more successful life than ever before.